We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. Plenty of things going on in the world of the NBA. Although I will say right now, this time of year, we're getting reports out of football training camp. We've got the Major League Baseball trade deadline. For most of the year, the NBA news cycle is pretty dumb. And it, like, there's a point where other teams get kind of quiet during their offseason and stuff. And they're looking at the NBA, feeling a little bit jealous. The tables are turned at, the, at this moment where we're all just sitting around staring at each other, waiting for a Kevin Durant or Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie Irving, whatever, trade to happen. Meanwhile, things are going crazy in MLB and NFL and, and all of that. So I'm a little bit jealous right now is what I'm getting at, at Keith, at Keith Smith NBA over on Twitter. Yeah, I um I put uh, notifications on for uh, Jeff, Jeff Passan mm-hmm. of uh, ESPN just so I didn't miss any of the stuff. And every time it goes off, I'm like, oh, is this a KD trade or a Mitch? And I'm like, oh, it's it's a baseball trade, but that's fine. I mean, I, I, I'm still into that. I, I'm more into the baseball season this year than I have been in a while. So it's uh, so it's been kind of fun. It's been, been a fun uh, couple of days. Did you see what Woj did to Lakers fans a few hours ago? Uh, about Russ's uh, uh, new agent? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Oh. Yep. So mean. He starts that out like <laughs> Los Angeles Lakers star Russell Westbrook. And everybody, you know, for the, you read those first few words and you get your heart just drops. You're like, oh, this is it. And then it's Great. just you signed it with the new agent. Yeah. 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 Well, we knew that tweet was coming eventually anyway about the new agent. So right. at least maybe the next one will uh, shine more favorably upon you all. <laughs> we'll, we will see. We will see. But, kid, um, you know, we didn't get, get to touch base this past uh, weekend. And I know you wrote something up for, for Celtics blog uh, about about Bill Russell. Um, that was, of course, the, the big story um, from the other day. So before we get into kind of our NBA news and notes, I wanted to kind of give you a chance to, to give your thoughts on, on Bill Russell passing away and kind of what that meant to you and, and all of that. Obviously, as a Celtics fan, that you're going to have a deeper connection than, than certainly I would to Bill Russell. And even I have reverence for him and what he did uh, for this league. Yeah, obviously, as much as you and I may joke about it, neither of us is anywhere near old enough to have seen uh, Bill Russell play. And for uh, the majority of the, at least the first half of my life or so, he was not really ever around the Celtics. He he really wanted nothing to do with the city of Boston after um, he retired because they, quite frankly, a lot of people in the city didn't treat him very well. Um, it was a time when uh, 
Boston. Boston still struggles with those issues, obviously, um, but it was uh, far worse uh, back then. It was a very segregated city. Um, there were times when uh, you could tell people they were going to cheer for him for 48 minutes a night. And then for uh, the remainder of the day, week, month, they didn't, they would have preferred Bill Russell didn't exist. And, and uh, he was very outspoken and did a lot. And I've seen a lot of people uh, tweet, write, share some sentiment that goes along the lines of as great as he was as a basketball player. And he's the most decorated winner we've ever seen in mm-hmm. NBA history. Um, he was a better person for everything he did off the court to uh, fight for equality and human rights and uh, things like that. A lot of social justice causes now were guys like Bill Russell back, um, you know, in the fifties, uh, 60s and seventies, really fighting um, for those things to be better now, but just a massive loss. Um, um, you know, thankfully he made amends with the Celtics, um, with the city to some extent, uh, towards, uh, the last probably 10, 10 to 20 years or so, which is, is, is good to see. Um, he's, uh, showed up quite a bit at Celtics games. Um, one of my fondest memories is uh, when he sat down with Kevin Garnett, they did a real heart to heart, uh, conversation and he told KG, um, you know, hey, if you go out there and play the way you're supposed to, um, even if you don't win a championship, I'll be proud of you and I'll give you one of my rings um, with, with that. And then Kevin Garnett, um, after the Celtics did win the championship in 2008, kind of made a beeline for Bill Russell was one of the people who we went to and said, I, I got my own. You know, no, I don't need yours now, which was which was a pretty cool moment. Right. Um, there. But yeah, it's 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 just it's it's one of those things where, you know, I'll tell two quick personal stories. Um, first is I only met Bill Russell once. I actually met him at summer league. Uh, and I know you, you've been there several times. Yep. The media elevator at summer league is the slowest moving uh, elevator on the planet. It is. Um, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, it is like, and it goes one floor yep, and it feels like it takes up. That's five it. minutes to, to go. So um, it just happened to be a time of the day. I got into the elevator uh, to go up, up uh, to where I was going. And um, I heard, can you hold the door, please? And I you know, reached out and put my arm out and held the door. And it was uh, Bill Russell and his wife uh, came onto the elevator. And we were the only three people on what at the time felt like a 30-minute thing. And I was like, I have to introduce myself. It's it's Bill Russell. And, and I told him, you know, hey, I, I cover the Celtics. And um, and I and I told him, I said, I, I you know, don't, don't want to you know, really bother you, but I want to tell you, he was my dad's favorite player of all time. My dad oh, would yeah. talk about Bill Russell constantly um, when I was a kid. Um, and my dad, it was always framed in the the sentiment of Larry Bird's really good, but Bill Russell was was the guy. Like that was that was my dad's guy. Um so I told him you were my dad's favorite player and he and he looked over and he got that big smile and he said that just means your dad was a smart kid. And he stated that laugh, man, that, that, <laughs> that high pitched raspy laugh that you, you knew it was him. Like I got to hear that. And it was, it was just us. And then he said, Hey, when you're covering the team, don't be too tough on the guys. They're doing their best. They don't want to lose. They don't want to play badly when they do be fair. You can be critical, but don't be too tough on them. Um, you know, and that, that's something that's kind of tried to, I've, try to have stick with me a little bit with covering the team. And then the other thing I'll say is I was, um, my dad probably, I don't know about your parents, but my dad's like not like attached to news, right? Like mm-hmm. we hear it. 
everything in sports because we have yeah. our phones with us constantly. We're sitting in front of a screen. He's not like that. So when something happens, I tend to call him and tell him like, hey, this happened because he'll hear about it later um, in the day. But with, with Bill Russell, I called and told him and you know, we talked and he you know started kind of going down memory lane. And then he he paused for a minute and then he said, you know, Bill Russell, uh, Tommy Heinsohn, John Havlicek, Frank Ramsey, Sam Jones. And then he really paused for a second and I could hear it catching his voice. And he said, all my heroes are dying. And it it really hit me because that's not something he's ever said before you know it um it really kind of hit me and i i I get a little emotional you know because it like i don't know sometimes i don't i don't think of my dad having heroes right like right i think of that something because he is the hero right right yeah exactly and it was um yeah so it was it was it was really you know i think uh i think for him this is like kind of he's like reconciling that uh, you know uh, his own mortality a little bit through through mm-hmm. through the um you know the passing of the of the guys he rooted for in that but it was uh it was as sad as it was it was good to be able to connect with um you know with my dad and i talked to my dad regularly but really you know to talk about you know some of the stories and stuff like that and we got laughing about how i'd argue with him and my uncles because my dad's guy was bill russell one of my uncle's guys was john havlicek i was obviously a larry bird kid and then usually those arguments ended with somebody laughing and saying like man you know this is what we get to argue about we're pretty fortunate you know that, that this, this is our argument right who's the best of you know, greats uh, with that thing. So it's, uh, yeah, it was, but you know, it just massive loss uh, for, for the world. But as I wrote on Celtics blog, it's, uh, you know, the world's a little less full, but it's a lot fuller that we had had uh, Bill Russell in it for as long as we did. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, huge loss and, and what you're describing there. I mean, they, that's in a nutshell, the connection that we all have with, with sports right there. Mm-hmm. We, we connect with each other through the shared experience of the yep. passion that we have for, for these teams and for these players and, and things like that. And so when people think, uh, you know, sports are stupid, why do they, why do people pay attention to that? Who cares who puts a ball in a basket and stuff? There's a lot more meaning behind it. Um, and it can have an impact on your interpersonal relationships in, in your life that goes beyond just who won the game and, and who yep. scored the most points and who did that all of that stuff. So that was a very good, very cool story there, Keith. Appreciate that. Um, yeah. Rest I feel in peace. A bit, absolutely. I, I feel a little bit weird talking about NBA news now. It's what we have to do. But it's what, it's what we do. <laughs> um, so I guess let, let's talk a little bit about the, the Knicks and the 76ers. Oh, good. A nice uplifting topic. A nice uplifting topic. One that's, one that's, well, you know what? No, but, but tampering is one that both you and I kind of like to sink our teeth in. So, <laughs> yeah. so um, the Knicks and the 76ers are both being investigated for tampering with Jalen Brunson um, and PJ Tucker, respectively. I think it's pretty clear there was some kind of tampering that went on when, when PJ Tucker was known to be going to the 76ers. Yeah. What was it like two days ahead? Oh, Jaylen at least Brunson. I think it was probably closer to four or five. I yeah, think. it was something crazy. And then Jalen Brunson, I mean, didn't even bother meeting with the Mavs because he had no. already decided he was joining the Knicks. Well, how did he know he was going to the Knicks? If, well, in know, at least a day or two out, we knew it was a four year deal for a hundred ish million that it was probably going to be descending constantly. Like, like we had an awful lot of details that, uh, Let's just say it's not a, it's not as simple as we're signing player X to a max contract. No, 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 no. It's it's definitely not. But but so here's here's my question though. We look at this. Like, did tampering occur? Yes. Does it matter? Should it matter? 
And if it does matter, and it should matter, if the answer is yes to that, the fine, right, the punishment is not nearly enough clearly to deter it because both the Knicks, the, the 76ers, they're going to say, okay, fine, here, we'll give you a second round pick. We'll take the slap on the wrist, but we got the guy. So that's what matters. Yep. So if you're the NBA, you, you can't keep riding the fence like this. Otherwise, you're going to continue to have tampering. There's going to continue to be investigations, all that. You either have to get rid of it and just say, whatever, you know, as soon as teams eliminated from the playoffs, off we go. Or you've got to start really coming down hard on tampering. And then you've got to figure out a way to police that. And I don't know if you want to be in that business. Yeah, exactly. I think it's if we're we've done this conversation before, right? Because because we had this last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know we have a lot of new subscribers and probably a lot of new people listening and watching for the first time. So I think correct me if I'm wrong. Jump in, interrupt if I say anything wrong. Trevor and I are of the opinion of this is stupid. If a guy's in a long term contract signed, you should not be out there having conversations with that player unless mm-hmm. permission is granted. Sure. That's a different story. But when a guy is a pending free agent, just let him start talking to, to other teams. Let other teams start talking to that player because it is what it is. Um, but the and I think we are both in agreement of either get serious about punishing this or just stop altogether. Just stop these half measures because it doesn't change anything. Exactly to your point. So what? The Knicks and Sixers have to give up a second-round pick? They don't care. They got Jalen Brunson. They got mm-hmm. P.J. Tucker. They don't care about that. They, they, you know, they're kind of almost looking at it as, fine, those guys are our new second-round picks, right? And they're, yeah. they're two guys we would have been thrilled to have as second-round picks. So um, so that's your, your, your problem here, right? That is the mess that this has, has become with this because it just gets, you know, very selectively – in, I don't even want to say it's selectively enforced. It's just there's no real punishment. There's there's nothing here. You know, yeah. it's kind of like you know, as a kid, you know, if your mom threw out, wait till your father gets home fifty times, and by the time we get home, nothing ever happened. Well, that didn't mean anything anymore, right? right? Like I was still going to be a jerk. So you know, it was uh, you know, but if it was, hey, wait till your father gets home, and then you know, maybe get a whack on the behind or something, or you know, a real punishment of you know, hey, you lose you know, X, Y, and Z and stuck in your room for the next uh, week. Well, then maybe it would mean a little bit more. So it's just, I don't know. I, I just either get serious about it or let's just skip this because everybody does it. No, there's no, no, not guilty team in this whole thing. It's just also too. And I know it's hard on the team side, but you gotta be the teams and the agents have to be smarter than leaking super concrete deal details right. to, to the media. You know, days and days in advance. It's just you know that that's what's getting you here. It's if this was all done in silence, no one would care. Yeah, I mean, we're hearing three-year deal for PJ Tucker yeah. well in advance. You know, yeah. things like that. That's where you run into problems. But again, if you're the NBA, you're going to continue to get stories like this. You're going to continue mm-hmm. to get headlines. Knicks being investigated for tampering. But if it doesn't amount to anything, teams are going to say. No problem. If that's the price we have to pay to get the player, that's the price we'll pay to get the player because there's a finite amount of resources, talent in the NBA, and teams are going to be competitive. And if there's an edge that you can gain by breaking this rule and and the price you have to pay for it is minimal, they're going to continue doing it. So you either want want the story to go go away. You don't want to continue to hear teams are getting investigated for tampering, but 
you either need to stop the whole process of tampering and stop worrying about that. And I think you made a good distinction there between a player who is under contract for you. Yeah. I, I think once a guy is, if a guy is going to be a free agent and his team is no longer playing, then you that's that's yeah. where you draw the line. If a guy yeah, is, well, what advantage are you really getting? Right. If a player's already a free agent, yeah. Unless, exactly. Now you could argue like the what the Knicks showed up at the Mavs games and stuff like that. Like, okay, that's. You know, yeah. that's where maybe you, you start. And to that's draw. where I think they're going to really get dinged. Right. Is because they were, they were pretty overt about this, you know, right. when, it, you know, but yeah. So in any event, it's a, it's a, a weird situation that is going to continue to happen until the NBA figures out what they want to do. Do they want to be in the business of being the tampering police? And if so, then you get a little big brotherish and all that. And then you're trying to figure out, okay, what are the ways around this? Or you go the other way, which I think is the, the preferred way, and you just say, look, once a team's not playing, the team wants to talk to a player, that's fine. Yep. And then, and then you go from there. And we'll see here in the next, uh, let's say, four-ish months, if anything happens with CBA negotiations, maybe there are some uh, rule changes made that give a little bit more freedom of uh, conversation, I guess, is the best way to put that. Right. Uh, here in the next little bit. Hey, I want to go back because I don't think we have it on the um, show notes because we kind of yeah. already already made our little joke about it. But uh, Russell Westbrook, um, his new agent, this was noted on Twitter. I can't remember who had it um, now, but it's a good note. Uh, Jeff Schwartz, uh, Westbrook's new agent, has a history of doing big money buyouts uh, for players, including Darren Williams, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, Andre Drummond, Kemba Walker. Something to keep in mind. Yep. I don't know that that's necessarily how this one's going to go because I think they'd rather have his contract for salary trade matching. But this could be one where if we're a little ways into the season and it's clear nothing's going to happen trade-wise, maybe then we do see. From what we've heard on the Lakers side, the buyout negotiation is after the trade. Yeah, totally. Basically, we've been, we've been hearing that oh, any good. any team yeah, in the NBA that would, that would trade for sure. Russell Westbrook would immediately sure. buy him out. Yeah, and, and that, I mean, yeah, I think we all know that's how that's going to go. And then he's going to catch on with some contender who needs a point guard and off yeah. they go, right? Yep. If, assuming if he plays, you know, at all. I got to think, I, I think Russ is going to eventually be one of those guys who is just going to, at some point, he's just going to be like, I'm done. Maybe he's just going to walk away. He might It's going to be over. It I mean, he's clearly got other interests outside of basketball where he's, you know, had you know a lot of success doing other things. So, but I don't think that time's today by any means. Which, is, any which time's like if that's, if that's his, like that's his choice. There's some guys, sure. right. Who say like Dwight Howard said, I can't, be, I'm not going to be Dwight Howard anymore. I'm not going to be throwing down all these lobs and getting five to six post touches every single game. And I'm an MVP candidate and I'm defensive player of the year. I'm not that guy anymore, so I'm going to switch. To, I'm just going to be the guy who sets screens. I'm going to roll. <laughs> I'm going to turn into a goon. <laughs> right, I'm going to. I'm going to do. I'm going to. I mean, Dwight. He's going to do the things that he's that he's going to do. He's going to do the dirty work and, and all yeah. of that. He made a conscious decision there, right? Yeah. For some guys, they would rather not make that choice, and that's okay. Yeah. Everybody makes the same decision. And again, yeah. I, I agree with you. I'm not saying Russ is quite there yet. But I do wonder if when he gets to that point and that decision is, is put on the on the table in front of him, if he just decides, you know what, if I can't be Russell Westbrook, I don't want to do this. No, and I don't think I've never, ever gotten a sense that he's the kind of guy who I have to have a title um, you yeah. know, on my resume before I retire. I mean, because there's a lot of ways, right? I mean, you could always see a guy – 
you know, just sit out and then like, all right, I'm going to link up with whoever the favorite is and go and do that. And that's, I mean, if that's what you feel you need to do to validate your career, I have no issue with that. You know I mean? You know, as I always say all the time, as long as we're going to make, uh, but he never won a ring part of any conversation for a player who didn't, I'm never going to fault the player who does everything he can to go get one either. Yep. You know, it's, it's all part of it, but yeah, it's uh, I just, I saw that note come across and I was like, Oh yeah, that that's a good point. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, we'll we'll see what ultimately happens there. And that and that was part of you know Thad Fouché, his former agent now, part of the reason why he said he was advising Russell Westbrook not to leave the Lakers and instead just try to do everything Darvin Ham wants him to do because he thought that that would hurt Russell Westbrook to get bought out and then become a better minimum player somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, a lot of guys believe once you're a minimum player, it's hard to beat that's that. It. That's 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 what you are for the rest of your career. Absolutely. Yep. All right, let's move on. The Miami Heat apparently discussed a trade that would have landed Hawks big man John Collins. Uh, what are your thoughts on the on the fit there? I kind of like a, a Bam John Collins pairing. I think that'd be interesting. I love it. I, I mean, Dave, Miami's Miami of all the teams that I think fancy themselves contenders, they probably have the single biggest hole of any team where they just they don't have anything at power forward. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything resembling a real four on their roster right now. And I know they have said, you know, other than a handful of teams, they feel like they can get by with the guys that they have. And and they're probably right. Um, Jimmy Butler can probably defend the vast majority of guys who play the four uh, in the league and, and hold up just fine. Uh, they could also, I mean, they heavily played Bam at the four early in his career, and they've got a couple options where they could go a little bit bigger if they wanted to uh, with guys. But yeah, I mean, I guess this one comes down to, though, just like the Heat being in on Kevin Durant, what are you offering? Because they're you, you're probably not doing this trade if it's Kyle Lowry needs to go out. Because mm-hmm. you presumably be bringing Collins to come in now. Collins makes a lot less money, so if you could get the Hawks to say, "Hey, yeah, we'll save a lot of money by taking on Duncan Robinson and somebody else to match salary," then maybe you you can get there doing it that way. And if if you can, I mean, yeah, I love that move uh, for for Miami. I think that would really that round out their roster big time in a way that they'd be really really tough. But I also I'm not. Super rational. John Collins is one of my favorite players in the league. So I'm, I'm, I'm all about good teams trying to go get him in 
quite frankly, I don't understand why Atlanta doesn't just keep them themselves. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, you know, if, if really the benefit that you're getting, like you're in this trade you're suggesting is, is saving money. I mean, the Hawks, the whole deal was they were trying to make a push to go yep. get pieces to help them win right now. That, that seems counterintuitive if that's the goal. Yeah, I mean, I think for the Hawks, they're looking at and saying they're slightly over the tax line right now, and they'll get under probably by the time it matters at the trade deadline anyway because they've got a couple deals they can uh, dump with relative ease. But my guess is they're looking at and saying, hey, next year if we re-sign DeAndre Hunter, we mm-hmm. uh, get Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, a new contract if we have to go that direction. Now all of a sudden you know, we're, bat- we're going to be well up over the tax line, and then we're probably going to be over the tax line the year after that too because we'll have all those guys and we'll have guys on big contracts. This is the challenge is kind of not to bring everything always back to the Warriors and their spending, but when you draft and develop, you keep resigning and resigning, eventually it gets super expensive yeah. uh, with, with your team. I mean, that's just kind of the price of it. And if, if you're the Hawks, you got to kind of look at it and say, or right, where are we going? I mean, they're certainly not going to go to Warriors levels of spending, but you know, are we, are we going to be a team that makes the tax a hard line and we're never going to go into the tax? Then it's going to end up costing you good productive players in the end. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see how Atlanta plays that um, and what they might ultimately get for John Collins. Again, that was one of the names mm-hmm. that we assumed would be moved a while ago. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk a little bit about the Pelicans. Zion Williamson. Weighty issues here. Um, well a weight clause. Uh, in his contract, I mean, we've talked about the Williamson contract. We've talked about the protections that the Pelicans put in in the event of, of injury and things like that. We've talked about Zion saying, you know, he's committing to New Orleans and New Orleans is committing to Zion. And that makes sense for both parties here. What are your thoughts about a weight clause being in the contract? And maybe it's a good time to cross-reference football and Kyler Murray with the now removed study time clause in his contract what we're seeing now in some of these deals it's um it's interesting seeing this stuff added in sure yeah in in the the difference is i think the study clause for kyler murray if i have this right which is now just so everybody knows we do follow the news in other sports has been removed mm-hmm. uh, but i think because the cardinals are embarrassed that it got out um probably as was murray but anyway yeah. i think that just was like a bonus right that he could could get if he met that um in zion's case what happens with Zion is if he so what this weight clause is he has a weigh-in and body fat combination and if he's under a certain number then he's good gets gets contracts that he's fully guaranteed all the way through just to refresh everybody five year max deal starting next season he's got one more year on his rookie scale deal so next season five year full max deal for Zion Williamson um, no option at the end either. Um, which is also important to know. But what happens is if Zion meets this these weight clauses, it stays fully guaranteed. If Zion doesn't meet games played clauses or doesn't meet some uh, does not meet the weight clause, the Pelicans can then trigger language which will make the contract become partially guaranteed. This is the same type of deal, albeit different conditions, that existed in the Joel Embiid contract mm-hmm. and also exist in the Jonathan Isaac contract. Now, in Embiid's case, he met all the markers and his money stayed fully guaranteed all the way through. In Jonathan Isaac's case, because he didn't play it all last year, he did not meet the markers and his contract is now partially guaranteed over the remaining three years of that deal. But what here's the kicker. This only matters if 
Zion Williamson gets waived. It's not like it takes his number down. These are not bonuses. These are guaranteed amounts of his full salary. So if he's set to make $38 million in a year, he's going to make his $38 million unless the Pelicans waive him. This is basically an out for the Pelicans if Zion gets hurt again, balloons up fatter than I am, and then all of a sudden Zion is like, yeah, we can't play him anymore. This is right. now it doesn't work anymore to even have this guy on the field. Then what becomes of that is then the Pelicans get field court. See, now you got me thinking other um, <laughs> I was going to let it ride. I'm like, that's We can go with field. <laughs> but uh, if he can't get back on the court, then they can wave him and get out of that at a lesser cost than owing him the full boat. So that's the, the sticking point here. People are hearing this and saying, oh, wow. So, you know, maybe, maybe you know, well, I even heard somebody say, wouldn't he just get fat then one year to give them extra cap space? No, nope, not how it works. It only right. comes into play if he's waived. Yep. Yep. Exactly. That Smart move by the Pelican. <laughs> this is probably also this in the no player option is why Zion got full five years and the, um, the the uh, designated player language where if he comes back and dominates this year, he jumps up to a bigger number. That That is interesting, though, that fans like instantly go to, ooh, could this be a way around the yeah, salary right? cap? You know what uh, I mean? I like it. like you get one year, you get uh, Thor fat suit Zion, yeah, right? and then he comes <laughs> back and he's and he's uh, Love and Can... Thunder Thor that's like a couple months later. Right, he's ripped. Yeah, can you imagine, though, people being like, can you imagine the other teams being like, well, who conducted this way in? that says he's over by two pounds. Yep. You know, like then, then it turns into like, like LeBron did the decision. It's like Zion Williamson way the way in. And we're all like, like a boxing match. Like you're going <laughs> to watch him weigh in or something. Um, you know, talk, what a ridiculous show that would be. It would be, it would be, but, <laughs> but it all, I mean, this league, who knows? You never, you never know if, if we might see something like that at some point. Um, all right, the Raptors, they wave Armani Brooks, and we also found out that it is a guaranteed deal for Juancho Hernan Gomez, a.k.a. Bo Cruz. Um, they got a, got a full, fully guaranteed I wasn't sure if he was going to get that, that guaranteed deal. Yeah. But, uh, but he did. So good for him with, uh, with Toronto. Uh, suggests that he probably sticks there. And then, uh, and then waving Armani Brooks. So the Raptors making a few moves again. This is, we're all waiting for a, a Kevin Durant trade or something like that, but you know, there's a little bit of business going on still. Yeah. I mean, the Raptors now with, with Hernan Gomez in the, in the mix, uh, they have third they have 16 players on standard contracts. Mm-hmm. 13 of those players are fully guaranteed, but of the players who are not, uh, uh, Delano Banton has 300,000 guaranteed, which is a big number. Uh, Justin Champagne has 325,000 guaranteed. And then DJ Wilson has 250,000 guaranteed. So those are all, all big guarantee amounts. So those are much larger than what you usually see, uh, especially for guys who were signed in the offseason, like a couple of those guys were. So I think they're in for a really interesting uh, battle. Um, Toronto in the past has eaten guarantees. They've eaten full salaries at the end. Uh, they like to bring a bunch of guys and really put in the work. And that's part of how they also get guys. I think find players uh, that are willing to come in there. And then when they outwork everybody, then the next thing, you know, Nick nurse has given them 25 minutes and they yep. pop and they become a rotation. And that's kind of what happened with Chris Boucher. So I think uh, this is, you know, this is another one. I think in the end, if I had to pick today, the guy I think who ends up on the outside looking in is Svi Mikhailuk. 
um, because he just he, he hasn't shown anything other than the ability to occasionally shoot. Can't dribble, can't defend, doesn't really do anything else. So and and his yeah. name is very useful for puns. Yes, <laughs> Svia. Yeah, there it is. There, yeah. there it is. Svia, <laughs> so. Svia later. That's what the Raptors <laughs> are going to say. Yeah. If they eventually wave him. It's going to be yep. Svia later. Yep. Um, yeah. So, uh, but that's my guess. Oh, oh Svia, oh my. Oh man, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Svia. This is what happens when we don't do a show for a couple days. We get a little, a, a little, a little punny. Yeah, that's right. That that does that does indeed happen. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about Bruno Caboclo to the Celtics. Yeah, Bruno Caboclo, two years away from being two years away. Uh, eight that was, years. Ago. That was like yeah, I was gonna say eight <laughs> yeah. years ago or something. Yeah. Now yeah. he should be here by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he, he t- took a long circuitous route. Here's the thing: he's only 26, so. I mean, this is still young enough. There could be something here. He played played better than he has. The last two years, he played in France and then played in Brazil. Um, not exactly the highest level of competition in Brazil, but he looked good. Um, he actually shot the ball fairly well um, uh, on things that weren't just dunks. Uh, all that athleticism is still there, which is what got him drafted in the first place. Uh, you know, the joke running around Celtics Twitter is, oh, so they didn't get – they're, they're out on KD because I got Brazilian KD, right? Uh, so we're, we're all good now. So, um, but yeah, it's a non-guaranteed deal. The Celtics are going to bring them in. The Celtics had six open roster spots uh, to bring guys in for camp deals. Um, mm-hmm. So why not, right? You, you, you start signing guys and bringing them in and, and let's see if something pops. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't even know that he makes the team in the end, but we'll see. I think it's interesting the wording of the Shams tweet announcing this, saying free agent Bruno Caboclo has agreed to a training camp deal with the Boston Celtics and will compete for a roster spot. Is that is that implying that the rest of the guys that sign training camp deals are not there to compete for roster spots? Yeah. Is that, I mean, I, well, I think, think some guys know. I mean, I think some, every once in a while. Like, for example, with your team, like I think Javante McCoy and – um well, they're exhibit ten deals. Yeah, exactly. Fabian yeah. White. I think yeah. those guys know. Eh. But I mean, the Lakers do have an open roster, especially if a team has fifteen guaranteed contracts. You know, sure. you probably not have a real shot at it. But yeah, I mean, it, here's what makes me laugh. And I had said this uh, to some of my partners on Celtics blog. I'm like, well, I would hope when they still have three regular season roster spots open that he's going to have a chance because right now he's competing against ghosts that don't even exist. So, you know, I, I would hope he has a chance to make it because you got got to get to 14 at some point anyway. So, you know, if, uh, you know, we'll see where that goes, but yeah, I, it's, I don't know. It's I'll, I'll reserve further comment because I don't Br- want to be mean and petty. Bruno Caboclo versus the NBA equivalent of skip a turn or pass. Yeah. This is what we're coming down to here. Basically, yeah, for, exactly. For the Celtics. Yep. Um, all right, last thing that we've got today. Victor Wembayama out of Eurobasket. I'm, you know, we all know what this guy is. We all know what he can be. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, 
and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Like, the, he has no reason to, to prove anything or do anything. Like, he could shut sure. it down for now until the draft, which, I mean, obviously isn't ideal, but, but he could. And he would probably go number one overall, right? Yeah, I mean, this kid is massive. He's huge. He's ridiculously athletic. He is showing at seven plus feet tall with ridiculous length, the ability to pull up off the bounce. I mean, I wanted to see him in Eurobasket just because this is going to be the highest level of basketball competition we're going to get the rest of Mm -hmm. the year. Um, So I want to see it. Um, and I wanted to see him play against other guys who maybe would be in the NBA. There was even a question how much he was even going to play for France because they're pretty deep and tend to be a pretty loaded team. So there's always the thought of like, he might've gotten the, uh, the Christian Leitner treatment on the dream team of like, well, Hey, you're here, but, but you're, you're, you're not going to be uh, playing very much. So we'll see, yo, ultimately, but yeah, you're absolutely right. There's no reason to push anything. He's it's dealing with a muscle injury. It seems a little undefined um, what it, what it is, but yeah, just wait. He's going to play his year out. He's got a new club uh, in France. So we'll play the year out there. And then, yeah, he's probably going to be the number one overall pick. Don't you love those undefined injuries? We don't right. get this so much in the NBA, but you see it yeah. in other sports. See it yeah, because they eventually and... come out, right? Like, yeah, it's, right. I, yeah, I'm looking. That. Yeah, it's just they said due to a muscle injury suffered in June. Right. Yep. Well, we get, we see this in soccer because you don't want those injuries getting targeted, but they sure. don't. You yeah. don't see that happen as much in the NBA. So yeah. we know right away, like, oh, he's in. He's got a, a you know, a, he's got a, a tear in his in his quad or whatever, yeah. right? But in other sports, you'll get he has a lower body injury yeah. or something like that, or a muscle injury. Okay, or my favorite. They always say it in football. Money. He's got a leg. Like, yeah, I got two of them. Like, it's so cool. I guess I'm I'm equal to an NFL player then. Like, like the, yeah, what is yeah. the phrase? He's out always, with a knee. The phrase <laughs> that always gets me in soccer is he picked up a knock. Yeah. Yep. What does that mean? He picked up a knock. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, no. to us at least. It's you know. So I'm gonna. We got a couple seconds here, so I'm gonna do a quick tangent. Super duper excited that the Premier League starts this coming weekend. Yep. Um. Very. I love it. It's great. It's like my my weekend morning thing. Uh. When we don't have soccer to go to for our own daughter. Like I love it because because it's on and then it's over by the time like football wraps up and then during the NBA season, it's you know it's done by the time the NBA games start. But I love their commentators can be so mean, like on those Premier League games. Yep. Like they did, like, like, so basketball player shoots five for 20. Our guys are like, yeah, he's having a rough shooting night. They would, if they were commentating the basketball game, they'd be like, he's been terrible all game long, can't hit anything. Yep. You know, what an awful performance. Like, like, it's, it's, absolutely amazing to me the difference between how like we try to make it a little nicer and over there they're like no i'm going straight for blood 
Like it's right it's on. Simon Cowell or like the original yeah. weakest link lady, yes. you know, doing the doing the commentary and yep. yeah, it's or it's Gordon Ramsay, right? Like, what are you? Yes, you know, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's so it's 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 like refreshingly mean. Like when a guy, you know, or like a guy will make like an ill-advised like pass or like an attempt. And they'll be like, what sheer stupidity this was, and it's just like, like I just can't even imagine that being in a. Uh, like, cause right. It'd be on our, like, well, that was a questionable decision. Right. <laughs> you know, they, they're just like, that was idiotic. Like, yeah, it just <laughs> makes me laugh uh, with it. So, uh, and since I know anytime I mention premier league and being excited, someone will ask leads. That's who, who I pull for. Um, that, that, that's my team in the premier league and they, they have two Americans now. So I'm super excited about there that. You go. There you go. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. More sports going on. Come on, NBA. Give us give us something yeah, here. Something. We're into yeah. August now. Let's stop staring at each other and actually conduct some conduct some business here. Yeah. Looking at you. That's Knicks, Jazz, Jazz. Lakers, everybody. Yeah. Let's get some stuff done here, please. Somebody um, jump in there. If they won't, jump in there and do it yourselves. Then. Yeah, right? Like, like Dan, Thanos right? style. Yeah. Fine, yeah, I'll exactly. do it myself. Yeah. Just That's it. Perfect. There. Well done. We had no MCU today. And you were, well, no, we did because you mentioned Fat Thor. So, oh, that's right. Our, yep. Yep. Our had streak to get, continues. Had to get that that's right. That's right. All right. That's a good place to wrap things up. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Make sure you do go check out our clips channel, which you can find in the comments down below. I'll put that link right there. If you're uh, listening to the podcast version, make sure you do subscribe. Don't get, forget to give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.